Why don't you grab your Bibles this morning? We're going to continue on with the series that we've been talking about, Happy New Year. And uh, maybe someone can hit that on the slide so we can have our little slide thingy up there. There it is, Happy New Year. And grab your Bibles. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. I want to read the key verses that we, we began talking about it last week, and I want to finish up with this this week if I can. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Thank you for praying for me this week, church. I've uh, been battling this, uh, I don't know, I, uh, maybe it was a cold, maybe it was a flu, I don't know. I had a bit of a fever and a sore throat and a cough and all that. I've still got this lagging cough hanging around and my voice sounds a bit like Clint Eastwood but uh, <laughs> but thank you for praying for me and uh, I need your prayers please pray for me continue to pray for me because you know I have observed that before I started pastoring I used to get sick like once every three years and since I have been pastoring I kind of get sick every three months so I need your prayers. So Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Say amen when you're there. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And His righteousness. Everyone say, seek ye first. Your priority needs to be the kingdom of God. The priority needs to be seeking His righteousness in your life. And all these things shall be added unto you. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. And while you turn there, um, Sam, do you mind just ducking out to the kitchen and grabbing me a, a cup of water? Thank you. Philippians chapter 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. We're going to read verse 6. I'm going to say amen when you're there. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it. Everyone say, will perform it. Will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When we get our priorities right in life and our life and our purpose and our focus aligned with God, we can rest assured that our life will follow what God wants for us and He will accomplish the purpose that He has for us. Can someone say amen? amen. But the important thing is, is getting our priorities right. Amen. The very first thing that you think about during the day can be very revealing. What's the first thing that goes through your mind when you wake up? For me, it's usually, do I have to get up yet? <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, the, the things that you think about during the day, where you allow your mind to wander to, they, they demonstrate your priorities, the things that you daydream about. 
the things that are running through your mind as you fall asleep, the things that you pray about often. These are the things that are occupying your mind. And we all have worries, Imam. Some of them are big worries. It's like health problems. You know, things like relationships breaking down. Things like the death of loved ones, emotional scars, things like these. These are, these are things that weigh down our life. But in equal measure, we also have many things that are very trivial that we worry about. Amen? Someone saw me at the basketball with a hat on, and they texted me, and they said, what's with the hat? And I was very honest. I texted them back, and I said, I have fluffy hair. Right Now, I'm not someone who worries about my hair. If it's too fluffy... I just put a hat on. It's fine, right? But some people really get worried about their hair. I'm going to get my hair just right. And you see guys in the mirror with the comb. Oh, he's just right. You know, I'm just like, you know what? As long as it's sort of halfway decent, it's all right. If I can't control it, put a hat on. <laughs> Thank you. You know, worrying over whether or not we wore the right clothes or the right outfit or something you know for those of you who are in school worrying about an exam that's coming up you know in the in the grand scheme of things these are not things that are going to occupy our life forever amen you know worrying about making sure you're fitting in with the right group of people and you've got the right friends and and you're seen to be cool you know for you young people at school you know, and, and the reality is, is that in and of themselves, these worries are, are not wrong. They're not inherently wrong. There's nothing wrong with worrying about things. I, I worry about stuff as well. But the problem is, is that so often we allow our heart to get so wrapped up in our, our worries and the things that are going on in our life that we, we don't put our focus back on Jesus. And that's when it becomes a problem in our life because, you know, I get that. Life can be difficult sometimes. Life can throw you a real curveball, if I could use a baseball analogy, and it's hard to know exactly what direction your life is headed. But here's what I do know. I do know that if you get your priorities right, and what I mean by that is allowing your heart not to be wrapped up in all the problems and wrapped up in life, but allow your heart to be wrapped up in Jesus. Allow your heart to be focused on Him and consumed with Him and, and worried about what He's doing in your life and how can you align. When you allow your life to be aligned like that, then you will find that your life will begin to move a lot more freer. Amen. You're still going to have worries. You're still going to have problems. But the problem is, is or the, the good thing is rather, is that when you're focused on God, you, your problems suddenly begin to seem a lot smaller when you stack them up against God. Amen. And, and, and we're talking about happy new you. We're talking about a new year and how we can make this year better than the year before, and that year better than the year before that, because we want to be growing. Amen? We want to be growing. If we're not growing, then we're dying. Now, there's, there's an interesting story here, talking about priorities, and it's found in the book of Judges. Why don't we all turn there this morning? Judges chapter 13.
I'm just going to pick a few verses from here. Judges chapter 13 and, and verse 5, it says, And lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Amen. Amen. Verse 7 says that, But he, he said unto me, Thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Amen. In verse 24, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. Everyone say Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. Amen. Now, Samson's mom was barren. She was unable to have children. So you could imagine her joy at being told, you're going to have a child. Amen. Amen. That was a pretty, a pretty big thing. She was very excited. And, and there's, there's some interesting things here because the angel speaks to her before Samson's born and says, don't get his, allow his hair to be cut. He's not allowed to drink any alcohol, nothing intoxicating. Because he has been separated to God. Right? He was, he was going to take a vow called a Nazarite vow. Now, a lot of people mistakenly think that Jesus, because he was from Nazareth, also had long hair. But that being from Nazareth and having a Nazarite vow is two completely different things. Let me just chuck that out there. Because, you know, you open every single picture storybook and it's got Jesus with, you know, long hair down here. Jesus looked like just like everybody else. Just a regular man. Anyway, that was for free. Right, so from birth, <laughs> this child was going to have a special call on his life. And his mother was told, before he was even conceived, that your child is going to start delivering the children of Israel from the Philistines. Now, the children were in bondage. The children of Israel were in bondage to the Philistines at this time. Right, The Philistines were a nation that was next to them, and they had overtaken them, and they had them under servitude, so they had to pay taxes. The Bible tells us in other areas that the Israelites were not even allowed an army. Nobody had a sword. Nobody had any weapons. If you wanted to get your, your pruning hook sharpened, you had to take it to a Philistine town and get a, a Philistine blacksmith to sharpen it. They had them deep down crushed under an occupation. And, and there's this child that is about to be born, and he has been marked to have a life that is special. Amen. Samson was set for a life of honor, a life of success, a life of blessing from the Lord. But if we start reading in Judges chapter 14 and verse 2. Say amen when you're there. Amen. It says, and he came up and told, this is Samson talking, told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. And his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? 
Growing up, Samson seemed to show very little regard for the heritage that he was born into. Very little regard for the fact that he was living as, as a person under the occupation of the Philistines. And instead, he was enamored with what the enemy had. He was focused on what the enemy had, amen. And, and as, as a consecrated Israelite, not just a regular Israelite, but as, a, as an Israelite who had the promise of God spoken over their life, as a dedicated individual to God, he would have been expected to marry within his own people, marry within his own faith, amen. You know, and, and though he recognized, and we're talking about priorities this morning, Though he recognized that God had gifted him with great physical strength, Samson's spiritual strength was weak. And let me just stop here for a second. We know the story of Samson, right? God had gifted him with incredible strength. And the story is told where he is he's in a field and some Philistines come. And I can't remember exactly how many, but no weapons in Israel, remember. And he picks up a jawbone of a donkey and with it takes out something like 30, 40, 50, I can't remember the exact number, armed men who were trying to kill him. Incredible strength. Another story from Samson tells of the time when he's in a city, I think it was Gath. You know, and we're going to talk about why he was there in a minute. But he's in Gath and the Philistines say, we've captured him. Let's, let's lock the city gates. Well, Samson just walks up to the gates and lifts the entire gate off its hinges and walks out the city with it on his back right now this is a gate that was designed to stop a battering ram and stop an army coming through here's samson just picks it up walks down the road with it right he was gifted with incredible strength but here's the thing it didn't matter that he had incredible physical strength because his spiritual strength was weak and you see, there's a lesson here for us because it doesn't matter what talents or what abilities or what strengths God has gifted us with. If spiritually we are weak, then we are weak. There's no two ways around that. You know, and, and this is the problem when we don't have our priorities aligned with God, when we are not focused on developing our strength in God, spiritually speaking. The talents that we have go to waste. Think about what Samson could have done with the strength that God had given him if his life was wholly dedicated to God. But instead, he was able to do a couple little things here and a couple little things there because spiritually... He needed development. Spiritually, he was weak. We're talking about priorities. You know, and throughout his life, you know, Samson flirted right on the edge of breaking what God had told him to obey. Look at this, 14 chapter, chapter 14, verse 8. You know, he's... If, if you read a little bit further on in the story, you know, Samson's on his way down to Timnath to marry his heathen wife, right? And a lion jumps out from the side of the road. And most of us would be a little bit worried about that. The Bible also says it's a young lion. So it's a, a lion in the prime of its life, as strong as it can get. And the Bible tells us that Samson just took a hold of it with his bare hands and killed it, tore it to bits. Right? That's the strength that he had. Anyway, he's coming past later on, and he finds the lion. It's still there. Its carcass is sitting on the side of the road where he left it. 
and some bees have made a hive inside this lion's carcass. And there's honey in there. And Samson reaches out his hand and he grabs some of the honey and eats it. Now the problem is, is that his Nazarite vow forbid him from touching anything that was dead. And yet here he is just, just flirting right on the edges of what is acceptable. And this is what happens in our life when, when we don't have our priorities aligned with God. And I see it happen all the time. I see it happen especially in young people. You want to know why young people? Because I was a young person once and I used to be like this. Right? But we, we try and stay right on the very edge of what is okay with God, but just close enough that we can be so close to the edge of getting our priorities completely wrong. You know, and, and this is the problem because when we do that, it shows it's a sign of our spiritual weakness. And this is why when we get our priorities right, we align ourselves with God. We stay far away from the edges, far away from the danger of getting our priorities wrong and taking the wrong actions in life. But so often we try and, like Samson, we try and just, just stay just within the bounds of what is acceptable. You know, the problem with that is that's no way to live for God. Because you're constantly faced with that temptation just to go that little tiny bit more. Hello? Spiritual priorities we're talking about. You know, he was, he was supposed to be set apart. He was supposed to be different. You know, we are supposed to be set apart. We are supposed to be different. We are a holy nation. Right? First Peter tells us. A royal priesthood, right? Set apart, sanctified, right? And yet Samson is meant to be sanctified, meant to be set apart, but he is right on the very edge, flirting with disaster. You know, if we read a bit further on, you know, Samson's, Samson's life really is, is, is a tragedy when you actually read through it. In many ways, you know, he goes on, he marries this woman from Timnath, right? He marries this woman from Timnath. And then, you know, for, for whatever reason, he gets into an argument with, with the Philistines and he leaves her for a while. All the Philistines being the lovely, charming people that they are, what do they do? They kill his wife. They kill her, his father-in-law, right? And so Samson is... Samson's furious about this, but you know, he soon moves on because Samson's priorities were just focused on himself, not focused on what God wanted. And we pick up the story in, in, in 16, chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, verse 1. Then went Samson to Gaza. This is why he was in Gaza. Why was he in Gaza? Was he there trying to free his people? Was he there battling the Philistines? Was he there trying to make a case for an independent Israel? No. Then Samson went to Gaza and saw there a harlot. That was his priority. He was caring about himself. He was more concerned about women than what he was concerned about anything else that God could possibly have for his life. Amen. Amen. You know, verse 4, 
you know, and, and the, this is the story where he took the gate away with the post and everything. And he, he comes back to another place and he hooks up with this woman called Delilah, another harlot, another Philistine, another person not in God's plan, another person outside of the priorities that God has. Right? And he hooks up with, with Delilah and, and, and it boggles your mind. It really does. Am I, not the, am I the only one who's like, what are you thinking? thinking i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna hook up with someone i could use a probably a bit crude for from the platform but you know if you're gonna get together with someone why her she's an enemy and she's a harlot she's not only from the wrong side of town if i could put it like that she's from the complete wrong nation right and yet the priorities that Samson is living by is so far from God that he doesn't see anything wrong with that. Right? And so, you know, for those of you who don't know the story, you know, Delilah is simply an agent of the Philistines. You know, she begins to nag him. Why are you so strong, Philistine? Why are you so strong, Samson? What is the secret of your strength? How can you be so strong? What, what would it take to make you weak like any other normal man? You know, Samson begins to toy. You know, we're talking about being right on the very, very edge. He begins to toy. And he says, well, you know, if you, if you tie, my, tie my arms back with bowstrings that haven't been put onto a bow and pulled back, then, you know, I'll be as weak. Seven of them. I'll be as weak as any man. And he falls asleep. And Delilah ties him up. And then the Philistines come in. And, of course, he snaps them like they're not even there and beats them all up. Surely you would think, at that moment, you would think. What? Hang on, there's too many coincidences here. I was asleep in my girlfriend's house and she's tied me up. The same way I've just told her would make me weak. And now the Philistines somehow find their way into the house. But see, this is the problem. When you don't have your priorities right with God, and when your priorities are not aligned with God, you no longer become aware of how close to the edge you are. You become blind to where you are in your relationship with God. And this is what's happened to Samson. You know, he, he goes on, and I think I might be missing one, but then, you know, she continues to whine, and she continues to nag, and she says, why won't you tell me? Don't you love me? You know, and so, so Samson says, well, you know, he's, again, getting as close as possible. He even starts to deal with what is giving him his strength. The fact that his hair is the one last thing that he still hasn't broken from his Nazarite vow. And he says, well, if you tie a weaver's loom into my hair, braid it in there, you know, I'll be as weak as a kitten. You know, I won't be able to do anything. You know, she, she does it. She braids his hair into this loom while he's asleep. And the Philistines come in and he just gets up, shakes himself and beats them all up and walks out with this massive weaver's stuff and a loom into his hair. And she continues to nag, and she continues to nag, and she continues to nag. And eventually, maybe out of frustration, maybe, I, I don't know, but he gives in and he tells her, he says, if you cut my hair, I'll be weak. And she does it. How blind do you have to be in your life to fall for that? And yeah, he does. You know, and 
The reality is, is that his story could have been one of victory. It could have been one of triumph. It could have been one of great battles. It could have been one of mighty feats. But really, when you boil it down, Samson's story is a story of complacency. It's okay. It doesn't really matter. You know, yeah, God might want me to be more on fire for him, but it doesn't really matter. It's a story of compromise. You know what? If I just do this, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I touched the dead body and I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to touch the carcass of the lion, but I did it and nothing happened. So, you know, it's okay. It's a story of defeat. It's a story of loss. It's a story of regret. And most importantly, it's a story of spiritual incompetence. That was the reality. His life was brimming with promise and favor right from the moment that he was conceived. And his focus should have been on how he could have been a blessing to God's people and how he could have used his gifts to honor God. But his heart was not wrapped up in God. His heart lay with his own priorities. His heart lay with women. His heart lay with convenience. His heart lay with whatever felt good at the time. From birth, he was set to be remembered as a great hero of the faith. Instead, he is remembered simply for holding the things of God in low esteem. We remember Samson simply for losing everything. In Philippians chapter 1, we read it earlier. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, you may not have had a solemn vow of consecration spoken over you. And this morning, we're going to be doing baby dedications later on. You know, and you may not be living everything that God intends for you yet. But I can tell you that if you do turn your life to God and you do begin to seek His priorities and you begin to seek His kingdom and His will for your life and you begin to, to follow Him, then He will complete His work in you. You see, God had a plan for Samson's life. And if at any moment Samson had turned, God would have used what Samson had. The reality is, is there is no better time for Jesus to begin a mighty work in your life than starting now at the beginning of 2020. If you want to see better things this year, if you want to meet your potential in God, you must make Him your priority. He must be your number one. He must consume your every plan, your every thought, every step that you take. He needs to be the one that you live for. Right? But, but so often it's easy to focus on ourselves, isn't it? Jesus needs to come before any financial goals. Jesus needs to come before any business goals. Jesus needs to come before friends. He needs to become before relationships. He needs to become before university goals, before school goals, before anything. God needs to be number one in our life. Someone say amen. I want you to ask yourself, where do you want to be 12 months from now? February 
the second, 2021. Where do you want to be in your relationship with God? What do you see in the future? How do you see your, your place of service in the church? Where can you fit in? How can you get your priorities right? What do you want your prayer life to look like? How do you want your Bible knowledge to grow? How can you better apply God's word to your life? The good thing is, is that even though spiritual matters are the most important, it's very natural for us to focus on the physical, isn't it? You know, we all have to work a job. We all have to earn money. We all have to live. I get that. But I'm trying to encourage you today. Today is the day to get your priorities focused on God and realigned to God. In the book of Hebrews, I want to read you something. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to read to you verse 32. So we'll read 32, 33, and 34. Say amen when you're there. Look at this. This is the author writing. He's, he's, in Hebrews, give you a little bit of background. Hebrews chapter 11 is what we call the heroes of the faith chapter. These are the Bible heroes. Right? Look at this. The writer of Hebrews says, What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak. And of Samson, he's a familiar name. And of Jephthah, and of David, and of Samuel, and of the prophets. Yeah, but there's Samson. How in the world did Samson make it into Hebrews chapter 11? This is, this is the description that you can attach to Samson's life. According to Hebrews, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong. You want to know where I think Samson fits in? Out of weakness, he was made strong. And that gives me hope because, you know, Samson gets captured by the Philistines. His hair is cut off. He has broken every single obligation that God has given him to him. Every single one. And the Philistines capture him. They put out his eyes. He's blinded. And he spends his days milling wheat like some common animal. They shackle him. And he just goes around and around and around pushing this rock to grind wheat for the Philistines. I don't know what happened as he was doing that. But I think Samson began to get his priorities organized in his life. And he began to pray and say, you know what, God? I have broken every single obligation and I am as weak as weak can be. I can't see I have no strength. 
And, and the story is, is that the, the Philistines brought Samson out to the temple of their God. And they stuck him in the temple so they could mock him and make fun of the failure that he was. And that's what the enemy will do to you. When your priorities are not right, they want you to fail because they want to mock you when you say, I'm a Christian. Yeah, right. Look at how you failed God. But something begins to well up in Samson. He says, God, if you could just empower me one more time. Out of weakness came incredible strength. As he pushed those pillars aside and the leaders of the Philistines, the governors, the captains of their armies all paid with their lives for what they had done to God's servant. That's how Samson became a hero of the faith. Because out of his weakness, out of his place of failure, out of where he had let God down came a place of strength. As we all stand this morning, that tells me that there's hope for us today. Because in those moments when, when, when I am weak and when I'm, I'm standing on the edge and I feel like I'm about to fall and my, my priorities are not right, I know that it doesn't matter how far I have gone. If I can begin to turn back to God and begin to get my priorities right, then out of weakness can be strength. I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. Why don't we just lift our hands? Precious Jesus. Oh God, there's not a single person sitting here today, Lord, who is anywhere close to being perfect, Lord God. And Lord, we acknowledge Jesus. We have let you down in the past. And, and we acknowledge that we don't always get our priorities right. 